the latest news, updates, and more from the world of health and medicine. This is Medical Minutes with Wish TV's medical reporter, Dr. Mary Gillis. From Wish TV, I'm medical reporter Dr. Mary Gillis, and this is Medical Minutes on the All Indiana Podcast Network. With the surge in child hospitalizations, doctors are bracing for a wave of COVID-induced multi-system inflammatory syndrome, a post-coronavirus condition mostly targeting children that causes different body parts to become inflamed, including the heart, lungs, and kidneys. In this week's episode, I speak with Dr. Colin Rogerson, pediatrician at the Regenstrief Institute, about why this is happening, if parents should be concerned, and what they need to know should they suspect their child is suffering from multi-system inflammatory syndrome. Our conversation is next. Dr. Rogerson, it's nice to see you. Thank you for joining me today. Really appreciate it. No problem. Happy to help. So I'm hearing reports that some doctors are bracing for a rise in the multi-system inflammatory syndrome in kids because of the sort of influx of children who've been hospitalized for COVID, uh, especially those under five who are not vaccinated. So why would doctors be saying that? And should parents be concerned? Yeah, it's a good question. So the Multi-inflammatory system in children, or MISC, as we call it, is an inflammatory reaction that children have as a result of the COVID-19 infection. Um, It typically comes about two to six weeks after the initial infection. And with the surge in Omicron uh, in mainly December and January and the past few months, uh, this is about the timeframe that we would start to see that surge. So that's why we're kind of bracing for that uh, in that two to six week period post-infection. So far, I'll say at least in my practice, we haven't seen a big surge like we were anticipating, but we're not out of the window yet. So it could still happen. Two, two to six weeks, that's an interesting time frame uh, because right, we did have that surge in January and now it's sort of coming down. Um, So two to six weeks. And I was just wondering what parents should look for when this could happen, but we're saying two to six weeks. So should a uh, parent suspect that their child is experiencing this? What what do they need to look for? So typical symptoms are, can be pretty general. So they can be headache, fatigue, muscle aches, fevers, uh, nausea, vomiting, just typically not feeling well, low energy. So they can be very nonspecific symptoms. Uh, What parents should watch for is if they have fevers that uh, are not tied to any other specific symptoms. So um, patients typically don't have cough, cold, nasal congestion type symptoms. So if a parent had a child that was having fevers without respiratory symptoms, that would be a a potential signal to call their pediatrician and go see, uh, have them seen by their pediatrician. And so how long does this usually last? And is there a treatment for it yet? Um, The symptoms can be pretty variable. Some patients have it just for a few days or one or two days and it goes away and others have it for longer up to a week or two. Um, And I'm sorry, what was the second part you asked? Oh, do we have a treatment or is it something as simple? Maybe do we just kind of let it pass? Do we have sort of like maybe an anti-inflammatory? Anything that we can do to sort of, I don't know, it seems pretty painful for the child, uh, especially if they have that fever and maybe body aches and 
um, depending on their symptoms. They're just wondering if we have a, a specific tr a, a treatment specific to this, or if there's just sort of other remedies that we can use that are already available. So general fever treatment is okay. So patients can be, be treated with Tylenol, ibuprofen, those kinds of things are okay to use for, for fever control. Again, most patients have it for a few days. They, they don't feel well, but then they kind of get better on their own without help from, from physicians or hospitals. The patients that come to the hospital, we do have treatment regimens that are being developed as more research is done on MISC, uh, mainly involving the use of steroids uh, and high-dose steroids in the hospital do help it um, help the symptoms resolve faster. But most patients don't need those, just the ones that come to the hospital. So those who have this post-infection, well, I mean, I've heard this sort of, gosh, early on in that uh, in, in the pandemic that children were experiencing this, and now we found out that it was post-infection. So we can still see this uh, lead to a hospitalization in children. It hasn't gotten sort of, I don't know, I want to say any better or worse. It's, it always just depends on the, the, the individual, the situation. Yeah, we still haven't been able to, to really map out who's at the highest risk to get it versus who's not. Um, the patients that we know come to the hospital most with this are adolescents, and in particular, adolescent males seem to be the most uh, affected by this, but it can happen in, in all ages and, and both genders. And considering that um, what you had said that you are seeing in your practice, are you surprised that there isn't, that you haven't been seeing more or are you still sort of waiting to see as time passes? So what we're finding is that each new variant of the virus has its own unique features. And so we, we saw this quite a bit after the initial variant and the alpha variant. Um, we haven't seen it as much uh, in my personal practice with the Delta variant, but we have seen some. Omicron, again, has its own unique symptoms. Um, we are seeing a lot more patients that have kind of upper airway and croup-like symptoms that the previous variants didn't present with. And so we're not sure what it's going to do as far as MISC goes. Um, we haven't seen a lot of patients so far that seem to be linked to the Omicron variant that could change. It's possible that that two to six week period might be longer in Omicron, but we're, we're ready for it if it comes, but we're not seeing a lot yet. Oh, wow. So maybe these uh, infections are sort of residual for, or um, from Delta. And then, I mean, I'm just kind of thinking out loud here and trying to understand uh, these inf the infections in children, were they Delta or do we not know um, were they mostly Omicron and we just don't know what's going to happen? I mean, considering the pattern that happened with, let's say, Delta or previous variants, maybe because the mutation is different in terms of Omicron, that uh, it could be a different sort of series of uh, events or maybe it could take longer uh, to sort of present itself. Just kind of thinking out loud. I know there's no like answers to, the, to these questions, but I'm just sort of thinking out loud. And uh, True. Do you mean the, the surges we were seeing in, in December, January? Um, say that again? Are you asking if the surges that we saw in December, January could be related to Delta instead of Omicron? Is that your question? Yeah. And then I know, right. Could they, could they be when uh, children were getting that and we could sort of uh, have a better sense of the pattern when children would get this syndrome. So we sort of, I guess, sort of had some sort of sense of what to expect after Delta when, please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just kind of going with uh, our conversation here. Um, it was sort of 
from Delta, even though Omicron was at its height. But then also when Omicron was at its height, uh, do can we sort of anticipate that there, there might be a different sort of way in which this presents itself, the multi-system inflammatory syndrome? So what I would say is based on the time period for Delta, we started to see MSE cases more October, November, maybe into December. Um, I personally, in my practice, didn't see a lot of them, but we had some. Again, my practice specifically is in the ICU, so I only see the, the sickest of the patients that get the MASC, um, but we didn't see a, a lot in that period, but some. The respiratory infections that we saw in, in December and January, based on our epidemiologic studies, were were due to Omicron, the vast majority of them were. Um, and again, we're kind of in that window where based on the previous variants, we would expect to see the MISC cases from the surge in December, January in that two to six weeks post period. And we're, we're, not, we're seeing some, but not as many yet as I think we were prepared for. Well, it's interesting because I understand from uh, just looking at research that the Omicron is tends to be that upper respiratory and it doesn't diffuse into the body. So I'm wondering, I mean, I, I we're sort of, it's, it's sort of a different beast here in its own way. I understand it's more transmissible, but if it doesn't get into the body to in, inflame the organs, then uh, I, I'm thinking that parents, you know, we can put parents at ease a little bit saying that maybe we don't need to sort of brace for this huge surge. I hope so, I think is, is the best answer. Um, it's, it's possible that, like you said, since it seems to cause more respiratory symptoms, uh, upper respiratory than lower respiratory, then it's possible that it will, we'll see less MASC, which I hope is the case. Uh, I think it's too early to say for sure. I think time will tell. This is great. This is gonna help uh, definitely a lot of parents. Really appreciate your time, Dr. Rogerson. Thank you. No problem, thank you. This has been Medical Minutes from Wish TV. I'm medical reporter Dr. Mary Gillis. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast and check out new updates every week. You can also learn more at wishtv.com and when you follow Wish TV on Facebook. Learn more and get more with Wish TV. Online at wishtv.com and when you follow Wish TV on Facebook. Be sure to check out more great podcasts from the All Indiana Podcast Network now. Now at allindianapodcastnetwork.com.